To dwell in the house of the Lord doesn't mean you live in the church building or any building. It means how you live. It's about being conscious that you live in God's presence. You are listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode 185. Today, I'm going to be talking about the fact that you dwell in the house of the Lord right now. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I am so grateful that you've tuned in to listen today. This week, we're going to be talking about what it means to dwell in the house of the Lord. I've got a question for you. Have you ever had one of those projects around the house, your apartment, or maybe at work, that needs to be done, but for some reason you keep putting it off? Days and weeks turn into months and even years sometimes. And then something inspires you. Your spouse or your kids nudge you, or an emergency demands that you take care of the situation. Well, this has happened to me more times than I would like to admit, but I'm going to share a recent example of where I had been putting something off for years, and it finally got taken care of in a very unexpected way and very quickly. Now, you may be wondering, Hey, James, what does all this have to do with dwelling in the house of the Lord? Okay, well, please be patient. I promise I will show you the connection in just a few minutes. Probably 10 years ago or more, I fixed the kitchen faucet by replacing a little part that went down inside. The plumbing supply store assured me I could do it. I followed the directions and... Voila, the faucet worked again. Well, almost. It was hard to shut off. You had to gently maneuver the handle in just the right way or it would drip. But since I had fixed it, I decided that must be the way it was going to be and I had to explain how it worked to the rest of the family and anyone else who used the faucet. Over the years, it got worse. I basically had a mindset problem. Accept it, put up with it, and deal with it. It didn't seem like a big enough problem to call a plumber. And so, for years, we had to coerce this kitchen faucet to shut off properly. But over the last two or three years, my wife and I have been taking an honest look at some of the limiting beliefs we've accepted about ourselves. For years, we had put off certain projects, like painting the house because the budget just couldn't handle it. But it was a right idea to get the house painted. 
And as we prayed about doing what was right and not accepting any limitations, our friend Lori recommended a painter. And we had the idea just to paint one side of the house each year until it was all done. And that's exactly what we did. And I'm happy to report the painter finished just this past week. It really feels good to get something done that's been so long in coming. So in the spirit of trusting God to help us take care of our home in big ways as well as small ones, we realized it was time to call a plumber and get that silly faucet fixed. A few days later, though, we were hosting our monthly book group in our home, and it came up in the discussion how people sometimes avoid doing things they should do and how to get at the root of that belief system and take care of what needs to be done. My wife jokingly mentioned how we had put off fixing the faucet. Everybody laughed, but then my neighbor Rob said, Oh, it's easy to replace a faucet. I can help you do it. I need to replace mine too, and you can help me. A week and a half later, I went to the hardware store, picked out a faucet. Rob came over. We turned off the water, replaced the faucet, turned the water back on, and that was it. The thing I had been avoiding and putting up with for 10 years was suddenly repaired and working perfectly. Then I went across the street to help Rob replace his kitchen faucet. It was amazing that this had been taken care of so effortlessly. So what does me replacing the kitchen faucet have to do with dwelling in the house of the Lord? Well, in the Bible, the phrase, the house of the Lord, is used 234 times. Some translations sometimes use the word tabernacle or temple depending on the context, but the actual words are house of the Lord. My favorite verse with this phrase is Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Think for just a minute of what it can mean to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I have always found great comfort in this verse. Whenever I read it, it sort of melts away the worries and concerns I'm struggling with. But I almost always have tended to think of dwelling in the house of the Lord as something way off in the future, in eternity. And of course, that is very comforting. But more recently, I've realized there's a nowness to dwelling in the house of the Lord. Forever isn't just in the future, it's here and now as well. So I've asked myself if I were actually conscious of dwelling or living in the house of the Lord, would I put up with things that didn't work properly? What about ideas and limited thinking that didn't serve me well? Well, I realized I'd been doing just that in lots of areas in my life. Here's what I've been realizing. Dwelling in the house of the Lord forever includes right now, as I just mentioned, and the house of the Lord is not a place. It's an awareness of dwelling in God's presence, being a part of God's household, so to speak, a member of God's family. In that sense, we're always dwelling in the house of the Lord, wherever we are, wherever we live, today, tomorrow, and forever. And even if you make a mistake, 
big or little, God's not going to kick you out. You are still dwelling in God's presence. When I was thinking of dwelling in the house of the Lord in terms of way off in the future as some final arrival point, I tended to put things off that needed to be done. I was always thinking I would do them later. Now, you could just call this procrastination, but I have realized as I was putting together this podcast episode, the mindset that dwelling in the house of the Lord would come in the future carried over into the way I was living in my own house. I was always thinking I would do something in the future. Things couldn't be the way they were supposed to be until later. But the more my wife and I have acknowledged and accepted the fact that we live in the house of the Lord right now, the more this has empowered us to act on and take care of things in a timely way. And there's an expectation and trust that God will provide the resources we need, whether it turns out to be a neighbor to help change a faucet, finding the right painter, or having room in the budget to do what needs to be done. It really comes down to being aware that we dwell in the house of God, which is kind of a cool idea because we live in a town called Bethel, which in Hebrew, Bethel, means the house of God. So what does it really mean to dwell in the house of the Lord? There are so many facets to this mentioned in the Bible, and we're going to look at a few of them. The word dwell has a wide variety of meanings in the Bible. The Hebrew word for it is yashab. The word dwell in Hebrew means to sit, to sit down, to be set, to remain, stay to dwell, to have one's abode, to inhabit. And by the way, when I mention a Hebrew or Greek word and try to pronounce it correctly, it's not because I'm some great Bible scholar. Whenever I do this in an episode, it means I'll have the link to this word in the show notes on my website so you can check out the reference for yourself. And I encourage you to do this so you can see all the nuances of the meanings of these words. And I find these on a website called blueletterbible.org. Check the show notes and you'll find the link. And here's the word for house in Hebrew, bayeth. It means house, a dwelling, habitation, a place, family, household, household affairs. So one way to describe dwelling in the house of God means to have your abode and remain in, be part of God's family, God's household. It means so much more than just being somewhere. It means belonging somewhere, and that somewhere is God's house, God's dwelling, God's presence. When Moses directed the children of Israel to build the tabernacle as a place to worship God and make sacrifices, this tabernacle came to be called the house of the Lord. Later, when Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem, it too was often called the house of the Lord. The tabernacle and then the temple represented God's presence in the life of the Israelites. They were a reminder, a very powerful symbol, that God was with them. But the phrase, dwelling in the house of the Lord, even in the Old Testament, did not always refer to being in the tabernacle or the temple. 
it takes on a metaphorical sense at times. This is in Psalms 84, verse 10, referring to God's tabernacle. The psalmist is saying, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Well, of course, there is a literal meaning here to be a doorkeeper in the tabernacle. The desire expressed here is not to be in an important position with priestly duties, but simply to serve God humbly. And that's better than being in a successful but wicked endeavor. This verse becomes a metaphor that it's better to be of humble service to God in whatever you do, wherever you are, than to be prosperous in ways that aren't pleasing to God. And I love this verse, which is attributed to Moses from Psalm 90, verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. That really gets to the heart of where we actually live, where we dwell, where we belong. God has been our dwelling place throughout all generations. It sort of reminds me of this verse from Acts where Paul says, referring to God, this is Acts 17:28, in him we live and move and have our being. God himself is really our dwelling place where we live, where we exist, and where we belong. To dwell in the house of the Lord doesn't mean you live in the church building or any building. It means how you live. It's about being conscious that you live in God's presence. It means we're conscious of being with God and God being with us and experiencing God's love and grace. This is where you live right now. It's not just way off in the future. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, For we know that if this earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands. In this verse, the word tent is another word for tabernacle. It represents where we dwell. In this verse, Paul is actually using it as a metaphor for the human body, the human experience. He's saying that even though we may think of the body or this human experience as where we dwell, there's a much more glorious sense of our home or dwelling place, the place we live in heaven. It is not built with human hands. It is spiritual. Now again, I have to admit, I used to think of this eternal house in heaven as way off in the future, after we die. But Paul says we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven. We have is present tense. He doesn't say we will have a spiritual house or dwelling place in heaven later. He says, we have it right now. Let that soak in. We have a spiritual house in heaven, a spiritual dwelling place in heaven right now. This goes right along with what Jesus says, and which I quote all the time on the Bible Speaks to You podcast, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's Matthew four seventeen. Your true home right now Your true dwelling place is heaven. 
You're a member of God's household, God's family. You are always in this dwelling place in heaven. You always will be. Now, when you focus on all the trouble and turmoil here on earth, it's going to be pretty hard to experience your heavenly home dwelling in God's presence. I've found it really helpful when I'm struggling with a challenge to pray along these lines and put this in your own words. Right this moment, I dwell in the house of the Lord. This is my home. It's not way off in the future. I live in the house of the Lord today and every day. Thinking back to the way my faucet finally got replaced so easily, I realized that the way I live in and take care of my house is symbolic of how much I am aware of living in God's house. The more I am aware of living in God's house, dwelling and abiding in God's presence, the more I want my home to reflect the order and harmony of heaven. It makes me want to clean out a drawer or a cabinet and get rid of the things we don't use or need anymore. Sometimes I've started some kind of project like that just to get it done, but when I get a clear glimpse that my true home is spiritual in heaven right now, there's a deep spiritual joy and satisfaction to bringing my home into better alignment with the order and harmony of heaven. There's nothing broken, worn out, or useless in heaven, and I'm trying to bring that state of affairs to my earthly home. The way you live in your home is actually a form of worship. The way you live in your home and take care of it indicates to some degree how much you are aware that your real home is in heaven. As I mentioned earlier, in the Bible, the tabernacle and the temple are often referred to as the house of the Lord. They were places of worship. But Jesus told the Samaritan woman, this is John four twenty-one and 23, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Jesus wants us to get over a limited form of worship, constricted by a location, a building, or thinking your church is the only one that can worship God correctly. You can worship God wherever you are because you are always in the house of the Lord. You are always in God's presence, dwelling with and in Him. This is true for everyone. The house of the Lord is where you live, where you dwell right now. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. I really appreciate you tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you can think of someone who would appreciate it, please share it with them. If you have any comments or questions, I would love to hear from you. Just go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the Contact tab in the menu bar, and I'll be in touch. I can't wait to hear from you. If you haven't signed up for email notifications, I encourage you to do so. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the Subscribe tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form, and you're all set. And when you sign up, I'll send you a prayer guide I put together called Praying with the Mindset of Jesus. 
As always, all the quotes from the Bible will be at the bottom of the show notes page for today's episode. You can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 185. This is episode 185. I want to thank you so much for all the ways you have been supportive, for listening and sharing the podcasts. The show continues to grow and find new listeners all over the world. As of last week, the Bible Speaks to You podcast has had listeners in 160 countries. That's up one or two in the last couple of weeks. This wouldn't happen without your help and you sharing it with your friends. I just want to thank you so much. That's it for this week. Thanks again for being here and all the ways you've been supportive. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care and we'll see you next time. God bless.